What's up, people? It's the Business of Everyday podcast with Ajo Abinoma. Keep listening. Keep listening. It is day 29 of our purpose journey and I have with me a very wonderful man of God. He is a minister of the gospel with the Church of Pentecost and he is also an IT expert. So we are going to be learning a lot from his life and also um, how he's gotten to where he is now. You are welcome, sir. Thank you very much, Prisi. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Yourself? I'm good, by grace. We thank God for that. So, um, if you were given 24 hours to live, what would you use it for? And what will influence the choices you'd make? Wow, that's a very interesting one. 24 hours to live. <laughs> what would I live for? What would influence? Um, I think that the first thing I would do is to live for Christ. Okay. Very important to live for Christ because we're created to live for Him and to please Him to start with. The scripture says that for the earth is the Lord and they that dwell in it. So the first mandate is to live for Christ. The other thing is probably if I have 24 hours again, I'll marry my wife again. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get married to my wife again and have my wonderful three kids again. But above all is to make sure I make people happy and touch the life of people with relevant experiences that I've had with life. What's is actually influencing the decision that you are making in this 24 hours? Um, first and foremost, I must say that the God factor to start with okay. is key. Second, there must be an inherent zeal within you of what you want to achieve in life. In other actual fact, you must have a plan, you must have a purpose, you must understand what you want to achieve. And once I knew that those inherent zeal would influence what I want to do, notwithstanding external factors, I must confess, so one of it is within you, what has God placed in you? Okay, what is it that you know how to do best? And once you find out what you know how to do best, you stick to it and you work hard to achieve that within the 24 hours. It's key. Okay. So you've mentioned some very important things and then we'll be coming back to them uh, along the line. So our topic for today is accepting your assignment. And I mean, God designed us to make a difference with our life. So my question here is, how do we contribute or make a difference if we don't know what we have or even who we are? So I believe that we need to take it from somewhere, first things first, and then um, we get to what we are supposed to be doing. So yes, I don't know if you got my question, but we have been put here to make a difference and we have been put here to make a contribution. How do we know what we have in order to contribute with what we have? Thank you very much. And um, I must say that the topic is a very interesting one, accepting your assignment. And I like where you're starting from, knowing what you have, and then before having an influence over people with what you have. You see, before one can actually say that this is my assignment, this is what I'm called to do, I believe that there are certain things that precede it. The first thing is to, one, know yourself. It's key that you must understand what you're made for, what you're called to do. Now, even when you pick a twin, for example, in as much as they all probably came on the same day, they would have different purpose in life. They would have different reasons why, why they are on earth. And they would have different actions and different ways of doing things. Sure. So the very thing that precedes you accepting the assignment is to know yourself okay. to start with. 
Now, once you know yourself, the second thing is to know the assignment you're called for. Okay. So, there are two things. Knowing yourself is me as a person. What are the things about me that gets me excited? What are the things that actually encourages me to do more? What are the things that cause me to act rapidly over certain things? It's key. Then, what is the thing that I'm supposed to do? Knowing what you're supposed to do is other, another. Now, once these two contradict, forget the assignment. <laughs> Forget the assignment. Okay. So if you know yourself, then it best what you can do okay. or what you're called to do. Okay. So for example, if I know that I can't drive a car, for example, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say my assignment is to be a trotter driver. I would only say my assignment is to drive a car. If I know I can fly a plane, I wouldn't say my assignment is to fly an aircraft, mm-hmm. of course. Because the first thing is knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, once you know yourself, then you can move on to knowing the assignment. Okay. Now, knowing the assignment also is one. To know that, okay, this is what I'm called to do is one. Understanding it is another. Mm-hmm. The different ball game altogether. And then the third level then comes to you accept it. If you don't know, you don't understand. Don't bother yourself <laughs> accept it. It's, yeah. it's critical. So I think that one important thing is to know yourself. So that's self-discovery. Very important. So um, can we also talk about how we can discover ourselves where do we go? Where do we find who we are and our identity and all that? I must say that knowing yourself is a lifelong journey. Okay. It's a lifelong journey. It's every day as you live on earth, there's something called experiences. And the number of experiences you go through in life helps you to discover yourself much better. Okay. Now, why do I say that? I always have the philosophy that the person who is well advanced or matured in this life mm-hmm. it's not necessarily about the person who is old in number it's about the person who has had series of experiences because each of those experiences tends to shape the person more as he goes on with life okay. so the kind of experiences you go through how you handle them how you react those things would allow you to know yourself okay. one the second thing has to do with the things that excites you I, for one, am the kind of person who loves to train or loves to teach. So once I've discovered that thing in myself, Mm -hmm. it means that this is what I can do. This is what I can do well. If you're somebody who loves to play football, obviously, you know, say, that's in the way of footballer. Quote and unquote, because football is your passion. So let's use the third one, the passion. Mm -hmm. What you have passion for. So it's experiences, things you do, and your passion as well. These three key things, once they are in sync, it helps you to know yourself much better. But like I rightly said, it's a lifelong journey. That's a very insightful one that you've given us. So I want us to move to you and how you got to where you are now. As I mentioned earlier, you're a minister of the gospel now, full time. And so I want to ask you, how has your journey been moving from corporate life to being a preacher? And what are some of the key indicators that led you to where you are now? Okay. Thank you very much, Priscilla. Um, I think your questions are very, very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll start from life after my first degree, okay. if that's fine with you. So I ha- had my first degree with Pentecost University College. Okay. I think we were the first batch that finished in 2009. And then afterwards, you know the tension with when you're almost done with school and you're wondering, hey, you ain't find a national service. <laughs> and then... So- Wait, what program did you offer? I did um, Bachelor of Science, Information Technology, so BSc Information Technology. So the the tension of, 
where would I do my international service now? Where do you go? And you know then, of course, also, uh, people who have got, what word can I use? Links, Links. if I should be that way. <laughs> and then you're like, hey, media, because Charlie, you're trying to fix yourself for life. So um, I was at home one day, and then one of my colleague students called and said, one of the lecturers is looking for a driver, very interested. And then I was like, oh, okay, fine. Now, prior to that, I had been driving some of my colleagues' car on okay. campus. So they all knew that I could drive, but not too good like that, I must confess. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, 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 I would like to. So like, okay, then the, the lecturer says that I should meet him on campus okay. on Monday morning. I said, what time? It was like 8. That's fine. So I got to campus. I remember, I still remember this very well. My yellow top and my black trousers. Well-polished shoe. Waiting for the lecturer to come. And then I was there waiting, 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 waiting. Still waiting. The lecturer came around 1. And when he came, he met me. I was like, ah, is it you? I'm like, yes, because he's been my lecturer. <laughs> I'm like, ah, okay, then let's go. So he took me to his office at Jimpa. Okay. Now, apparently, by then, he was doing his doctorate degree. So then he took me to his office and was like, you know what? I have some questionnaires to create, so work on it quickly for me. So right. okay, that's fine. So I sat down, started working on the questionnaires. You know, it was about 8 p.m. and he wasn't there. I'm like, so I called him like, Doc, I'm still waiting for you. I'm like, oh, really? Are you still in the office? I'm like, yes. <laughs> so then he came to the office, saw the questionnaire, I'm like, whoa, I'm not sure you can be and a then... driver. <laughs> I rather prefer you be my PA. I was like, okay, that's fine. So wow. I took up that, took up that offer. The following week, I started with the PE thing. You know how it is, calling him. You have an appointment here. You have that there. I realized he himself wasn't really used to that PE thing. I must confess. So I noticed that okay, that also might not click. Yeah. Now because I was again in Gimpa, okay. an educational environment. Mm-hmm. I remember I told you earlier I had a passion for teaching. teaching so I realized that some of the training they do and they go to call consultants come and take them, I can actually take that. Okay. So one day I went to him and like, look, I would like to facilitate some of the professional courses. Mm-hmm. Like, are you sure? I'm like, yes. So he gave me one of the courses to facilitate, which I did. And then at the end of that course, the student actually rewarded me well. <laughs> so he came out like, ah, I didn't find I'm like, oh, doc, me need more. So he was happy with the feedback. Yeah. Then I started getting opportunities to do other trainings. Okay. So through that, I was able to travel to quite some few countries right. because of that. So then I also gained room into teaching mm-hmm. in Gamepad mainstream itself. So I was teaching uh, intro to computing and I was also teaching accounting information system okay. and management information system. So I actually had a good time in Gamepad for about, well, for most about seven to eight years. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yes. So right from. Uh... 2000, Unique. yes, yes. Yes, so I had, yes. So I had a very good time with them. Now, again, how did I achieve this point? Because I discovered who I was and what I could do. Okay. I realized that within me, I could teach better than even the PE that he asked me to do. So based on that, I realized that this assignment, I can actually accomplish it. Okay. If you had not discovered that passion for teaching, you wouldn't have been able to take advantage of that no, opportunity you wouldn't. that you wouldn't. actually came. You won't. Right. So... You see, when you see opportunity, opportunity simply means you've been prepared for a time. Okay. So you've prepared yourself. And when the time comes, you take advantage of the time. That becomes opportunity. Mm-hmm. But the time can come, you're not prepared, then there's nothing you can achieve. Yeah. So basically, because I knew myself and what I could do better, once it came up, I knew like, Charlie, this is it. Get it yeah. quickly. 
And that gave me loads of links, loads of opportunities. I must say I had some trainings with the bands and various governmental institutions as well. I had some few personal, we call it gigs. Then we <laughs> yeah. call it galamsey. So you could go for your own personal galamsies. Other training institutions could call you for consultancy. So then it was fun. And then because the workload wasn't too rigid, mm-hmm. so you can actually do some few things on the side and still come to work. So those of us working there. So we actually made up our mind that leaving there to work for eight to five rigid job there won't do it because there we felt there was much time to do other things. But again, in 2018, thereabout, I realized that well, I did IT in school. I need to be in the industry as well. You know, as much as yes, I'm good at teaching the whole thing. I need to also go into the industry itself and also practicalize the things that I've studied. So in 2018, no, proud to that, my boss in Gimpa then wanted to open a firm. Or he did open a firm, I must say. And he was looking for who would go and head that firm. So I was like, oh, why won't I do it? So I took it up. Was it an IT firm? Yes, it was. So I took it up. And then I managed the firm for some time. Then I was like, I think it's also good if I go out there and make other connections and make, learn other things from other people. So that gave birth to me going out to look for another organization. So I left Gimpa and his firm to work with a firm called Zentech IT Solutions as their chief operations officer. Now, there was when I was doing more practical stuff right. and building some few applications, going to clients to get more gigs and all that, which was, was a stressful one, I must confess. <laughs> you wanted quite stressful. Yes, and, and I enjoyed it. Okay. I really enjoyed it. There, also, within that same period, I was able to do my master's program as well okay. in that same period. So that also was flexible, like your... Yes, quite flexible, quite flexible. And then I had a training with Buckley's. Okay. So I did a training with them on IT service management. Mm. After the training, I was there one of the days, and then they are head of IT, IT manager called. I was like, I have a position for IT service manager. Would you like to take it up? I'm like, oh, why not? Bring it up. They're like, okay, I should go ahead and apply. So I did. When I applied, lo and behold, I went for the interview. Fast forward, I got the job. When I got the job with Barclays, now APSA, I had to quit from Zentech IT okay. and join Barclays APSA. And I must say, that was another interesting experience <laughs> because in that environment, you again meet different shades of people, those who are at the top, those who are okay, those who are not even there at all. So then you have to, again, work hand in hand with all these people. I was heading a team of about six people and we were supposed to provide all services, all IT services to the business arena. And then almost all the services that were coming from South Africa, you must make sure it's working well, make sure it's up and running all the time and giving clients value for money. So it wasn't that easy. I remember one of the day I had to join a call from 7 p.m. till... About 4 a.m. in the morning oh, because wow. we're fixing an issue. <laughs> so that environment also wasn't at that easy. Then, then the ministerial call also came up. So, so with this with this ministerial call, did you already know, was it at the back of your mind that this thing, I will get there someday? Or for you, it was at a point in your life where you actually got that call. I don't know how the call came <laughs> I must be very frank with you. If you had told me years before the call, like let's say three, four, five years before the call, that you go into ministry, I would have told you no. <laughs> Honestly. Because my mind was shall I need to work hard and make money. And, make money. and, and the opportunities were there. For example, getting get into APSA. Mm. You know, when you look at what was available at your disposal, you realize that this, this is where I'm supposed to be. And you'll have 
<laughs> so when when it comes to whether it was part of my plan said that me be very suffered and then then come a plan and but then I loved God's work I was the head of the choir I was also an elder of the church okay. then so I was the district youth secretary as well so when it comes to doing the things of God yes I did but I thank God for pastor now apostle Jonesy Wefufa okay he identified like this guy can be in the ministry mm. and then he so I'm noticing something it. someone identifying or someone helping you to I mean, direct you on the path where you are supposed to go. Yes, yes, that's possible. But don't forget that before the person identifies, you must have seen something. Okay. So that so definitely, not as if you say, what do you want yesterday then yeah, he identifies? I, I, yeah, uh-huh. that's So you, he that's must have seen something in yeah. you. That there's a spirit behind what you do. This person, I think, say, he's cut off also yeah. to be in the ministry. Although you have your own professional skills, but probably he sees something as, I as well. I, I think one other thing is, you according to what you've mentioned you were someone who was also um serving actively wherever you were yes. and so it was through also through the service exactly. where exactly. you were he was able to see i mean the things that you were doing physically yes. and then also i mean keep a close eye on yes. you yes. so we'll come back to this service thing along the line but please continue from where you yes so he he he's identified me I'm like um you, you can go for the ministry, why don't you? I'm like, okay, Papa, you're my dear. So, but what convinced me the most was one of the days I was reading an article. This is after I had gone for the interview, the area interview before the national. I was reading an article, I've forgotten by who, but I remember this, there was a quote in that article that caught my attention. And that quote was that, if fellow beings could give you a tax to do and you get their reward. Mm-hmm. How much more if God commissions you for a tax? That that really struck me so so deeply. Mm-hmm. If a fellow human being can give you a tax to do and reward you, how much more if God commissions you for a tax? Mm-hmm. That was like it for me. I was like, wow, why would I be chasing for a fellow human being's reward? Which is good, I must confess. Yeah. But there is a greater one that lies ahead. There is a bigger glory that lies ahead. So I was like, I think this is the point. This is the point. Lo and behold, within that time, I got my letter from National. So I had gone for the National interview and I got my letter within the same time. And then I had to go and present my letter to my director that I have to resign from work and then go into the full-time ministry. Because even after the letter, you had the option to accept or not to accept. And then I had to take it up, and then go in for it. And here I am today, no regrets. In that phase where you were resigning from your, I mean, very lucrative job, and then going into ministry, you don't know what lies ahead of you. Well, even when you were at the corporate side, I didn't know what was ahead of you. But at least in the moment, you were comfortable, so you could do something about you know, preparing for tomorrow or something. But how was... How was um, the feeling? How what was going through your mind? What was did, did you have that peace in your heart? You know, going to give that letter to, or was there a point where you were like, "Am I making a, a mistake?" Or the call wasn't to me, but I'm going to pick somebody's call. Okay, yeah. what you said is actually true. Um, I had that peace within me. 
But sometimes we also have that thought that, hey, am I sure? And the reason why I sometimes have that thought is when I listen to some of my friends and colleagues. Now, I remember I had my boss coming to me one time and he was like, Kelly, you want to leave this work and you want to go and take, because then on the letter, your basic life is actually on the letter. So he saw it, we're like, Kelly, so you want to leave this? Okay, you know what, let's do this. Your personal loan is about 120000 so go in for it. And then you open your own church, we'll support you. <laughs> And they were like, your, your mortgage was around three, three to 400,000 and your car was around 150, they about. They were like, you can go in for this facility. Okay, you, it's God that called you, right? So you can just open your own church and continue with your own ministry. After all, it's still the same God. Trust me, at that point, when I was listening to him, I'm like, hey, I'm not in your kind of man. No, 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 no. So I must say that when you make up your mind to do something, be careful about those you listen to. Mm. It's, it's one important thing. So you are doing peace over you, be mindful of those that surround you, those you sit with, those you walk with. Look for Christ-like. I'm not saying he wasn't Christ-like, but and let people, those who understand the purpose and listen to those that will encourage you the most. Otherwise, you listen to loads of voices, and if you're not careful, you 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 would go off while you've been called. I remember, called. I just um, I was just prompted about you know the scripture where Jesus was about to be crucified, and then he was with his disciples. I mean, the very people who were close to him, Peter was now saying that, I mean, we can't allow you to go. Something that has already been purposed for this man, the very reason why he came. And then you are saying, no, we won't allow you to go. But Jesus rebuked him because at that moment, he knew that it wasn't the, the, the right person who was speaking with him. I totally agree yeah. with you. I agree. So you must be careful with the voices you hear when you are being given an assignment. Okay. You must be careful. You see, there are three voices, let me see. There's human voice, there is a devil's voice, and there's God's voice. Three voices. In everything that you do, try to understand the voice. For example, the baby Samuel, he was there to serve. Yeah. He knew he was on an assignment. Yeah. Because I knew the mother would have trained him for some time, that Charlie, you're going in for an assignment. Yes. But then when he heard the voice, he wasn't too sure which voice am I hearing. Mm-hmm. Is it, was it God's voice? Was it Ellie's voice? He realized that the first two times he ran to Ellie to say, you called me. Yeah. And we're like, oh, no, no, you realize me. It wasn't human voice. It was the voice of God. Then the third, I'm like, speak, master. Your servant is listening. So you must be able to, at all time, when you have an assignment, be able to distinguish the voices that you hear. Don't, don't follow everybody. Don't follow the crowd. Try sometimes to take a route that is tough. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, there'll be a light. There'll be a light, I must tell you. So for me, uh, it was quite a tough one. I remember, again, one of the days... Then, then I, was, I had just built a dashboard for, for the IT firm. And I remember my boss, um, Uncle Ebo Richardson, when I took the dashboard to him, I remember a comment he made was like, wow, this is what I've been trying to do for some years and I've not been able to do it. And in some few months he came, you've been able to work on that. Those feedback were encouraging. To make you feel like this is where you're, this supposed, is where to you're supposed to be. But and again, at the time that you are supposed to be, you see all the good things will start coming. I tell you, <laughs> I tell you. So, so, so you must be able to know what you're called to do and then appreciate it. So if God is calling me to do something and I don't know what he has put in me or what he has placed in me and what I'm supposed to do with what he has put in me, not necessarily being behind a pulpit preaching, but God has given all of us something that we need to work with. So if we are able to identify that, then we'll be able to um, give accounts. So I think that in all these things, your story is one that would impact my people going to listen and 
also it will lead us to discover who we are and also um, to know what we are supposed to do in terms of what God is calling us to do. So I want us to talk briefly about service. When you read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, Bible says that, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So everything began for me through service. And when I say service, I mean working in the house of God. Every gift right now, I know that I have every talent, every ability. It started from the church, from sweeping to helping fix things to anything that can be done. And so there are times that, you know, something needed to be done or maybe in the IT department. And then the pastor will say, oh, go and talk to Priscilla. Meanwhile, at that time, I didn't know I had that in me. But because of all those things, I'll try this, I'll do this, I'll be involved in this. Someone sitting somewhere has seen that, oh, this girl, she really can. Like, she has the potential for this thing. And so when you put her in charge of this, she'll be able to, I mean, live up to that. And so for me, service has been one area that has really pushed me to where I am, even with what I studied in school and what I'm doing now. It's totally different. And it's through service that I've gained that experience and exposure to be doing all that I'm doing now. So in terms of service, there are lots of people who go to church and or they would say that something is happening, but then we are unconcerned because it's not mine. When it gets spoiled, the church will buy. Or there's something happening here, we need hands uh, to get on board. But because the last time you did it, no one appreciated you. So um, today, let those who can do go and do. Meanwhile, you have what it takes to help move the church forward or the organization forward. And so we are not serving. We, are, uh, we have placed uh, limitations on what God has given us. And as a result of that, we are not going. Because the more you use something, the more you grow in it. So how do we actually bring ourselves to the point where we know that we all matter? Whatever we are doing, we all matter. And so we need your gift. My gift is also necessary. Everyone's gift is necessary. So how do we bring all of these things together to grow God's church? And even in the various organizations that we find ourselves in. Tracy, I like the part service plays in the life of every person, every person. You see, when I hear people talk like, um, for me, I have nothing, uh, I have nothing to offer. Service is one of the biggest sacrifices you can give in church. I might not be able to pay the 10,000 offering, the 1,000 offering, the even 100 cities offering, or even 10 cities offering that others pay. But I can do things that equate that same amount. Mm. So, for example, the lady who sweeps in church and goes home, if she's to quantify how much would have been paid a month if she was sweeping elsewhere, that's a sacrifice she's been doing yes. for the church. Yeah. So I always live by the philosophy that everybody has something to offer. Mm. Everybody. Everybody. If you come to the church, what are some of the, like the word constraint or reason why sometimes we don't come out? So... We need to first and foremost look at how can we structure the church in such a way that we can get everybody involved. Mm. Everybody involved. The second bit has to do with how do we identify these skills? How do we identify the skills? So then if you can actually strengthen your mentor and mentee structure within the church again, it will go a long way to help. Then when you put all this structure in place, mm. ensure that there's absolute supervision of what people do. Yeah. Okay. And then 
don't be in a hurry to criticize them from the word go. They might not get it all perfect from right. the word go. Right. But then let them feel appreciated. Let them feel like you're very important. Mm. There are some people who are actually sacrificing all they can, but they are not appreciated like you rightly said. Yeah. Appreciation is not just about money. Sometimes about words. Yeah. Sometimes about maybe inviting them to the mission house and having some good time with them. For example, when I went to my station, I noticed that my prayer team and the music team, they do well when it comes to intercession for the church. Okay. When it got to December, I was like, you know what, guys, we're going to be your party. <laughs> they thought I was joking initially. But on a day, I told them, tell them, I'm mm. And they all came in the numbers and they were so excited. Mm. And I know that that even sparked some zeal in them, say, oh, sure. if we have been appreciated sure. this way, sure. why don't we do more than what we've been doing earlier? And it's evidence in what they do and how they go out even to win souls and how they go out there to pray from time to time as well. So putting the structure in place, appreciating them is key, and then making everybody understand that you have a role to play in the church. Don't just come to the church, and then you just go. Don't just come and just leave. Let's put structures in place. Make sure the mentor mentee thing is working. Let's pull up on people. Institute the know me, know you thing in your church where each member would want to know somebody else. And then that would encourage us identifying the skills among ourselves. So I always believe that everybody has got something to offer. You see, when you read the account of the master giving talents to people, you see, he says, give some five, two, one, for example. To me, my idea is that the master has given everybody something. Everybody. And he gives it to you based on your strength, based on your capabilities. You. Yeah. He gives it to everybody. But you know, we don't focus on the one we have. We start eyeing the five somebody has. Meanwhile, we are not, we've not been given what it takes to handle the five that someone has been given. I totally agree with you. And we leave the one to die. I agree perfectly. Perfectly. On the fact that, you see, let me say this to the youth out there. If you find yourself in church, and let's assume your role is to sweep the church, mm. focus on it and sweep the church. Whether people see you or not, focus on the word. But let me confess to you that there's somebody seeing you. Aside the fact that whatever you're doing, you do it unto God, God sees you. But let me tell you for a fact that there's somebody seeing Someone you. Sees you. Someday, somehow, eh, I've had the youth who took up the role of always keeping the church clean. People felt like, oh, but the day of a wedding, when you see people actually coming out, say, I want support with this, I want support with this, because of this service, I want support with that. That's when she realized that hey, it's what I was doing, people were actually seeing. So like, I just want to encourage you that everything you do in church, people actually see it. Focus. You mean focus and do it. If yours is to make sure that the instrument are well fixed, the sound is good and all that, do it. If yours has to do with the media, do it. Again, also, if you have an elder, a pastor, if you just to preach, do it do and do it, it well. Do it to the glory of God. So um, we are about ending our session here, but in talking about purpose and in talking about discovering ourselves and accepting our purpose, one thing that, one quote that always you know, reigns in my mind and in my heart is one by Miles Monroe, and he says that where purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. Where purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. And I believe that this is very evident in how we, we do our things. If I know that, for instance, I'm a drumstick and I know that I'm supposed to be used on a drum, why would I waste my time and then go around and, let's say, be using myself on the streets to sweep? I don't belong to the street. I belong to the drum. 
And so if I'm being used in a place where I'm not supposed to be used, I'll be, I'll be damaged early. And there will be no fulfillment in that thing that I'm doing. So it is very important that we discover who we are and what we are supposed to do with what we've been given. And until we find that, I don't think we'll find this peace, that satisfaction. We'll go around doing all those things, but we won't really find meaning, the meaning of our life, what we are here to do. So this is basically us telling everyone listening to this podcast that it is very important that we discover who we are, who God has made us to be, and then follow in that direction. There will be so many um, challenges, there will be so many obstacles, but I want Pastor to give us a word as to how to navigate through all these things to ensure that through the various seasons of life, you know, we stay steady on the path that God has for us, regardless of all the pressure that is coming onto us. I'm glad we are reaching out to the youth more, so I'm going to use an, an illustration of the youth. Yes. One of the person that really excites me when it comes to issues about purpose mm. has to do with Joseph. Okay. Joseph, aside the fact that people call him a dreamer, he, he actually understood and accepted that this is my dream. Yes. This, is what, this is what I'm called out to do. I'm yeah. called out to be successful. I'm called out to achieve this. I'm called out to break certain chain in my home. Listen, youth out there, you've been called to break certain chain in your home. Right. You can make the difference. Right. Don't think that because, quote-unquote, your family isn't okay or isn't that wealthy. Come out and break that chain. You can do it. Joseph understood that life in the world go. And he lived his life according to that dream. According to that dream. So have a dream. Plan well towards it. Prepare adequately. And then go out there to achieve it. Don't be moved by what people will tell you. Don't be moved by the little, little thing that comes your way. Don't be moved by that. Remain resolute. Make up your mind and say, this is what I want to achieve. Go by it. Don't mix your ways. And once you understand and you achieve that, and you understand what you're supposed to do, the Bible says, commit your ways to the Lord. Commit it unto him. I believe that you have a dream out there. I believe you have something you want to achieve. Listen, I knew I was going to stand somewhere someday. Like I said, the passion to impact, the passion to teach. I knew I was going to stand somewhere one day. I keep telling my wife something that when I was younger, I had two plans in my head, two things I could become. Either I become the president of Ghana or I become (laughs) the chairman of the church of Pentecost. But please hold on to that one. So please hold on. But but then there were things that I just kept saying to myself jokingly. Then I didn't even know there was going to be anything like ministry Mm. coming up. No. But my focus was like, I need to be at a leadership position someday, somehow, somewhere. And to be frank with you, for every community that I've been to, every group that I've been to, either I'm the head or I become the vice, I become the secretary, mm-hmm. one of the three. Because I always aspire to be among the leadership of that structure yeah. because I know what I can impact. Yeah. Young men, young women out there, identify yourself. Go all out. Don't allow family, don't allow friends, don't allow situation take you off. Joseph was confronted with families. Joseph was confronted with people that he worked for. Joseph was confronted with even friends he met in the prison. But in all of it, whatever the Lord has said would come to pass. Trust him. (laughs) And that leads me to the scripture in Romans 8.28. And as we know that we are believers, we know that all things, not some things, all things, good, bad, negative, ugly, 
whatever. All things will work together. together for our good. All things. And so if you have the scripture in your heart in any circumstance, you know, you are faced with any circumstance, you are sure that God will definitely come through for you. If you are going through, then you know that it is to build something good in you. And that is leading you to better execute the task that is ahead of you. So um, we are coming to the end of this podcast. And I want to appreciate and thank you, Pastor Albert, so much much for speaking on today's topic. Accepting your assignments and God richly bless you. you Sometime we hope to have you on again. Thank you so much. Thank you. joining today. I hope you've received insight that adds positively to your life. You can engage me on social media at the Ajoa Benewa and join our discussion channel by searching the business of everyday on Telegram. Until the next episode, same time tomorrow, it's bye for now.